Hello and welcome to another episode of Wood Chat, a Forest and Wood Products Australia podcast. I'm Georgia. And I'm Sam. And today we're talking about new research into priority areas identified by Australian forest growers, which is being made possible thanks to the co-funding of six PhD research scholarships by the University of Tasmania, or UTAS, and FWPA forest grower members matched by the Commonwealth. That's right. The projects will cover a wide range of challenges, from the risks to plantations posed by browsing herbivore mammals, to traits in genetic material that affect resistance to drought, heat, diseases and pests. Also covered will be management approaches to help maximise tree survival under various conditions. The six projects, which have been identified by a collaborative body known as the Grower Research Advisory Committee, will see forest managers work in close collaboration with PhD students. Sam spoke to Jody Mason, Forest Research Manager at Forest and Wood Products Australia, to find out more. So one of the objectives of the Grower Research Advisory Committee has been to help to rebuild research capacity for forestry because over previous decades, investment in R&D in forestry has declined in terms of state and federal government and, and industry investment in, in research. So, so that was one of the key drivers of creating this program. And, and what does the committee, what, what does that actually look like? Well, the Growers Research Advisory Committee is all of the major growers in Australia. There are 25 odd members of that group, and it's really open to all grower members of FWPA. Once it was decided to collaborate with the University of Tasmania in funding and supporting these uh, scholarships, how were the decisions made around the six? projects which would ultimately be funded? So across all the areas that can influence growth and productivity of managed forests, we've identified research priorities across nine areas and we looked at those with University of Tasmania and matched up where the skills lay and selected a, a spread of projects from the priorities that the growers had identified. Just jumping in here for a second to give a bit more detail about each of the six projects that will be conducted as part of this initiative. The projects which are expected to commence this year will run for up to four years. They were simultaneously advertised nationally and internationally, enabling successful PhD student candidates to be recruited within a similar time frame and begin their work as a cohesive and collaborative cohort. First up, the ability to determine the drivers of site productivity and an understanding of optimal site management practices would help maximise tree production. For that reason, one of the projects will look to develop an understanding of these productivity drivers in hardwood plantations and quantify the relationship between productivity, nutrients and water and above and below ground tree processes. Browsing by mammalian herbivores such as wallabies, possums and deer poses a significant issue for growers in native forests and plantations. One of the projects will therefore look to develop an accurate understanding of browsing risk to regeneration sites and plantations. 
The next project on the list will aim to develop an understanding of the genomic architecture of quantitative traits affecting resistance to drought, heat, diseases and pests in eucalyptus nitens. These stresses are expected to increasingly impact forests under climate change. This research will enable breeders to access molecular markers to help rank trees for novel and previously unmeasured traits in support of their selection for breeding programs. A similar project will focus on the exploration of models and systems for the inclusion of novel traits into eucalyptus globulus breeding. A fifth project will offer an understanding of the importance of below ground processes for tree survival. And finally, modifying the choice of seed sources to account for future climates is a major issue facing the managers of native Australian forests. Currently, most seed transfer guidelines are based on contemporary climate matching and the concept that local is best. For that reason, the sixth project will look at new approaches that account for predicted climate change, along with potential tools for implementation. And back to my chat with Jody, who explains what the industry involvement will look like as each of the six projects progresses. We've got seven growers directly participating in projects as project partners, so they'll have direct involvement with students in their companies carrying out the projects. And there are various other roles that the growers will take on in the program. Some will be direct academic supervisors of the students. Some will be on the program steering committee that looks after the whole the governance of the whole program. Some will be project advisors, which is a more informal role, but having regular meetings with students in order to help guide the projects and yep. to learn what the findings of the projects are as they go along and, and, you know, implement what they can as the learnings come up. And what is the advantage then of having that sort of close collaboration between industry and academia when it comes to these research projects? Well, that close collaboration between the students and the industry has been uh, really valued in other similar models. Uh, so the, the growers really get to know the students and the students get to know the industry. Students wouldn't necessarily have a forestry background, so this kind of program enables them to understand and get to know forestry as an industry and just that familiarity can engender interest in the industry and can give the students a sort of like an induction into forestry and from a grower's perspective that close involvement with the students uh, I guess helps the, the growers to have a close involvement with the research and learn with the students as the uh, research is implemented and the growers can often implement findings before the project's even finished. Can their involvement actually help to steer the research or, or, or guide the research in order to make sure that it is useful for industry in a practical sense? Yes, that's exactly right, Sam. It's all about having the growers' close involvement and having the students work within the company so that the industry can steer 
the projects and inform the projects to best align with the industry's needs. And so then ultimately, what would be the hopeful outcomes and benefits for industry overall? Having the students work on priority projects for the industry is, I guess, the first point. And it's also about building that capacity of students who've got an, a knowledge and an understanding of the industry and of, I guess, the technical aspects of the academic aspects of what's important to the industry. And also that relationship between the growers and the students can often result in recruitment of those students into the into the companies. At various sort of milestones throughout each of these projects, how will the industry and other kind of relevant stakeholders be kept up to date with the, the progress? There'll be regular reporting back to the industry, not just to the uh, growers directly involved in the projects, but also to the broader industry that's uh, funding this program. So there'll be six monthly reports from the students to the broader industry through uh, presenting at GREC meetings and also production of webinars on their particular project progress. Having spoken to Jody at FWPA, we were also keen to hear from the University of Tasmania to get its perspective on the initiative. Georgia spoke to Julianne O'Reilly-Wattstra, Associate Professor of Forest Sciences, to find out more. This um, scholarship program is a very exciting initiative. The aim of it is to build capacity in our research and our research training of the next generation of forest researchers. As our national and global population grows, there is an increasing demand for uh, wood and fibre. And so we need to ensure that we're underpinning um, that demand with innovative research. So my involvement in it has been to work with FWPA as the UTAS person putting this together and to set up a model of a collaborative funding arrangement for six PhD scholarships. And so where did that funding come from? So the funding is coming from the FWPA's members, their growers. So we've had excellent buy-in from the growers to help support this initiative, which is which is fantastic. And the other part of the funding is coming from the University of Tasmania. When the call was put out to potential scholarship candidates, what sort of responses did you have? So the initial response from potential applicants for these PhD projects and the associated scholarships was very positive. We tried a range of different platforms to ensure that we're, we were reaching as broad a um, sector as possible for potential applicants, and we had very good response rates. The, uh, the next stage, of course, in relation to uh, finding the right applicant for the right project is then going through um, an interview process and an application process. How many of the scholarships have now actually been filled? Two have commenced and one we're hoping will be starting shortly. So we still have another three that we're looking for the right person to come along. What were you looking for in a successful application? So in a successful um, application and interview, we're looking for uh, 
uh, an applicant who's really excited about research, who ideally may have done a little bit of research before. So depending on the degree that they may have previously done, they may have done a one-year or a two-year master's. So they have an understanding of what research is and how it works and they have an understanding that they really enjoy research and it's something that they want to continue doing. So enthusiasm and excitement for the project is really the number one criteria. Then we start looking at their their background, what skills and experience they can bring to the project. Um, Not all of our applicants do come through the traditional pathways of having done a university degree or having done um, an honours degree or master's degree. Some of our applicants can come from the professional background. So they may have been working in industry for the last 10, 20 years and have a broad range of experience and transferable skills. And who has been on the assessment panel? Has there been industry involvement in the selection of candidates? We have had um, industry involved in the selection of our candidates. So that's a a really important thing that if FWPA, um, the growers, would like to be involved, um, we're more than happy to have them on board the interview panel. We see that as being extraordinarily valuable and it's really important that the successful students as they start their PhDs and progress through their research program, that they are interacting very closely with the industry partners. And that allows us to ensure that we're conducting the research that's really addressing um, the challenges and the issues that the industry uh, is facing. And is the idea that involvement from industry will continue throughout each of the programs? Yes, absolutely. And that's something that we strongly encourage and that we make it very clear um, to the students right at the beginning of their candidature that they will be interacting very closely with their industry partners. So that can look different for every collaborative arrangement, every collaborative project. So some students may have an office that they go into and sit with the industry partner one day a week. Some students are um, accessing field sites with industry partners and some of the contracting staff. Some um, students are uh, attending workshops and presenting to the uh, industry board. Um, There's a whole range of different ways that the students are able to interact with the industry partners. And so what about the industry? What does their involvement look like and how do they feel about the initiative? Georgia sat down with Andrew Jacobs, Chief Technical Officer at Forico and member of the Growers Research Advisory Committee to get his perspectives. The Growers Research Advisory Committee and the executive wanted to support some kind of research program. So it was decided that the growers would get together, pull some funds uh, with a view to establishing some some scholarships. So the involvement to this point really has been to get the growers all on board with funding that initiative and then ensuring that the projects were indeed of national relevance and that industry partners saw the benefit of engaging in the projects and demonstrating the value of having students work within your business working with your people on the ground, with your foresters, with your teams. How did you make the decision around what the research programs should look like? Yeah, I guess we started from uh, the point where we were looking for R&D strengths within the University of TAS, then look to match those back against the FWPA's R&D priorities, which the grower community had identified in a workshop or a couple of years ago now. 
Just pausing here for a second, it's probably important to list out the research priorities that Andrew just mentioned, which had previously been identified by forest growers, of which there are nine, namely damage agents, nutrition, plant genetics, fire, operations and the supply chain, resource modeling and remote sensing, plantation and native forest silviculture, and the soil microbiome. Back to Andrew. So having identified the academic strength at UTAS, what we did was match it up with the R&D priorities from the growers and then tried to just build upon, you know, more specific details of projects in, in that space. As a whole, were there any overarching benefits of this initiative that you hope to see from this project going forward over and above increasing the research capacity of the sector? Yeah, you know, you've really hit the nail on the head with, you know, increasing that capacity. But I I guess to be more specific, what we've found is that, you know, that relationship between a PhD student and an industry partner and having someone within your business working with your people really gives you some insight into that person as an individual and whether they fit with your culture. So really, it gives industry a great opportunity to if you like suss someone out work out whether they might be a potential future employee and you know and if that's the case then they already come in if they're coming out from the back end of phd with reasonable understanding of your business and some of the r&d issues that you as a company or or the industry more generally may have has the industry been receptive when you've made that case and explained those benefits, has that has that been received well? Yeah, look, I think it's a bit of a mixed bag. I think it's been well received and acknowledged that it is is a good way to go. I think some some of the industry struggles a bit with considering where within their business they they might fit appropriately and and how yeah. they provide adequate supervision and input to you know a young PhD student, which may be you know quite a, a foreign concept for these. Uh, many of these companies, particularly if they don't have an internal R&DR. Really, it's it's coming to terms with what, what the appropriate relationship might be within the business. Another key perspective that we were really keen to get was from one of the successful students. Sam spoke to Ellen Gunn about her exciting work, which is focused on eucalyptus and genetics. I got a degree in biomedical science and I was focusing on genetics, particularly in human medicine. Kind of along the way, I thought to myself, wow, trees are actually really cool and I kind of would enjoy working more within forests and getting to go out and do more practical work in that sort of sense, which led me to see an honours project being advertised at the University of Tasmania at the time, which I jumped on board with, basically looking at the species Eucalyptus viminalis, which is the white gum, and how climate change might affect it into the future. And that's what I was doing a couple of years ago. And then I guess from there, it naturally fell into me continuing on from that work to do this particular PhD project. It just seemed like a really cool opportunity to take the work that I'd done during honours and transition it onto a few more species. I think I just really enjoy working in the lab and with DNA. There's so many answers that you could find by looking at DNA, but also it's still quite 
an uncharted territory in a lot of these forestry species as well. And so then this project specifically, would you be able to tell me a little bit about, you know, what it, what it's all about? This project is looking at a few of the ash eucalypts, which are a very prevalent species in Australian and Tasmanian forests. Basically, the project is looking at the genetics of these eucalypt species and trying to associate it with climate so we can see whether there's any historical adaptation to different climate variables within the populations of this species. And then obviously with predicted climate change, we're interested to see whether these populations will be adapted to future climates or whether there's a chance that they are at risk of maladaptation and dieback as a result of climate change. Following on from that, kind of looking at whether we can then take seed from different locations which might be better adapted to those future climate variables and introduce some genetic diversity which could help promote the um, resilience of these forest populations into the future. And so then practically, from a day-to-day perspective, what sorts of tasks or studies or what will the research look like as you're conducting it? The research will be a lot of glasshouse work. So we'll be taking seedlings from populations across Tasmania and growing them in controlled conditions and then extracting the DNA from these seedlings to associate the single nucleotide polymorphisms, which are a fairly common type of DNA mutation, which can be a signal of adaptation to climate. And we'll also be putting these plants under stress, so drought experiment, and then looking at the DNA and how it might change over time under different kind of drought conditions. And so it'll be doing a lot of DNA extractions and a lot of kind of just growing these trees and testing uh, different, I guess, physiological measurements and stuff like that. And then it'll be a lot of analysis. So taking all the data that we've got from these different time points throughout the experiment and associating it with climate and trying to figure out exactly what is going on. Have you had much to do with um, any of the industry partners as yet? One of my supervisors is from Sustainable Timbers Tasmania. Yeah, he basically has shown me how this research will contribute to improving practices. It's kind of, I guess, also it's nice to know because of that connection that the work we are doing will actually be implemented because there already is that connection. It's not kind of you do research, then you're waiting for hopefully someone to pick up on it. This is such a great initiative and it's a really nice example of how the industry and academia can come together in support of a successful future for the Australian forestry industry. Absolutely. And make sure to keep an eye out for future Forest and Wood Products Australia communications on these research projects as they progress. And that's just about it for another episode of Wood Chats. Thanks for tuning in and we hope you'll join us again next time.